Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey! Lil! Look, another week. Another week! <laughs> they just keep flying by. They do. They it's just crazy. keep flying by. But uh, it's good. It is good. Yeah, things are going good. So last week, last episode, you remember, we talked about some fitness myths yes. and aging that we ought to just put to rest. Yes. You remember doing that? I do. Uh, this week, I thought we would add to the list. Oh, good. Share a few more things. Good. So we talked about some good ones last time. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to touch on a few more. Again, these are all according to thehealthy.com. Okay. So you ready? Mm, I'm ready. Okay, here's the first one. And I've got to admit on this first one <laughs> that I buy into this myth 100% lock, stock, and barrel. <laughs> well, if you do that. I'm, I'm not sure it's a myth. I, I think there might be some <laughs> truth to it, actually. And it is this. Myth number one I'm going to share today. I'm inflexible, and I have to accept that. <laughs> okay, yeah, that but is you yours. Know, you <laughs> and it know. is a myth. <laughs> I cannot. I know. I cannot. I'm just inflexible. Kyle has a flaw. <laughs> well, multiple flaws. but Just uh, one. No, no, no. Many, many. But being, being flexible is something that I really struggle with. Here's what they say. I'm not sure I believe it, but here's what they say. They say that many people say that they're inflexible, but what they really mean is that their body is tight. Now, I agree with that part of it. I agree with that part of it. My body is tight. Although genetics play a role in how well your body can bend and stretch, you can improve on what you've inherited by adding regular stretching or yoga to your routine. That's the part that I'm not sure about. (laughs) Have you ever tried yoga? I've I've done yoga just a couple of times and it was misery. (laughs) It was misery. <laughs> oh, no, we are, need to take a yoga class. We ought to. I, I do. I, I really believe the flexibility is important. I mean, yeah. like not only just um, in your ability to move, right. which it is important in, in that aspect, but there's there's something about your ability to age better when you can move. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. It's just for me, it, it's it's a kind of pain that I just don't like. I know. I don't mind pain, honestly. I like you. You t- tell me to run or you know push me down the stairs. I, I'm totally fine with that. Punch me in the nose. I mean, I'm not fine with it, but I can stand that. But ask me to touch my toes, and I just that kind of pain, I just don't like. And so, consequently, I tend to steer a little bit away from it. I will say though, Lil, I've I've been trying it. Have so you? Okay. On the days that I run, I don't run every single day, but I run a couple of times a week, three, mm-hmm. or, three or four times on, on a good week. On the days that I run, I do try to stretch. Okay. And I will say, I have not seen any progress. <laughs> <laughs> but I have felt a lot of pain. So, I don't know. Maybe that's progress. We'll see. Number two. You ready? Let's move, let's move past that one. <laughs> I'm ready. Two. Number two. I'm injured and I should wait to start working out. You've heard that before, right? Uh, yeah. We probably all I've felt said that it. before, right? Yeah. And, and I want to be careful with that one because we need to listen to our bodies, right. right? So I am not saying overdo it. I'm not saying if you have an injury that you ought to just go for it and don't worry about it. Of course, you want to listen to your right. body. And, and if there's an injury that needs to you know, be looked at by a professional, you absolutely need to do that. But here's the thing. Doctors encourage people with hip or knee replacements to start moving as soon as possible. Right. Now, if you think about that, that's a 
that's that could be considered a fairly severe injury. Like yeah. you, you, you've had hip surgery, you've had hip replacement. The day of that surgery, they have you up and moving around. And the yeah. reason for that is that it keeps the circulation strong and uh, that activity can help speed the healing. So if you have an injury, like I said, you want to talk to your doctor or work with a trained professional to get back on your feet. But there is plenty of research that indicates a substantial pain benefit from starting a basic exercise program. That's what researchers say. So, so they say that it's a little counterintuitive because you think if I'm injured and I use that that leg, right. that arm, and, and it hurts, that's a bad thing. But they're saying that actually working out in a smart way, led led mm-hmm. by a, you know a doctor or, or a healthcare provider or a professional, can actually help with the pain. They say improving strength and flexibility helps reduce joint irritability and improve joint lubrication. And research demonstrates that exercise can reduce the psychological as well as the emotional stress. And can that 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 in, in and of itself can exacerbate the pain. So if you're doing those exercises and you're getting those endorphins and all those those positive hormones mm-hmm. that are working, that can offset the pain that you're feeling, which is what you're trying to do anyway. anyway. So so again, I want to emphasize: we're not saying no. you know, go out there and, and hurt yourself further. But if you're completely taking yourself out of the game because of an injury, you might want to reconsider with right. with consultation from a professional. You might want to reconsider that. Right. I I agree. You okay with that one? I'm good. Okay. Number three. <laughs> Uh, high intensity interval training is dangerous. Now, do you know what hit uh-huh. hit is? You know what that is. Yeah. So, have you ever heard that it's dangerous? No. Especially as you're aging, I think some people might think, "Oh, that's going to lead to a heart attack or, or yeah. whatever." So, again, let me emphasize: you got to work with your healthcare professionals, <laughs> right. right? But time and again, research has demonstrated that high intensity interval training. Or, or HIT, as they right. call it, is one of the most effective ways to get in shape. Just study after study shows it's a great way to do it. If you're uncertain about how the technique works, you can sign up with a fitness professional and ensure your success. But basically, it's a form of training that can be effective for people of all ages where you do a high-intensity interval. So say you pick 60 seconds and you do whatever you're going to do right. as fast as you can, and then you take a short little break, and then you do that high-intensity interval again. Yeah. That, that's what HIT training is. So HIT is even shown to be helpful for people who have heart disease and diabetes. So it's not something that you should be afraid of and and, uh, avoid. In fact, they found that the older you are, the more results you get from HIT. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually impacts you at the cellular level. So, wow. and, and people who are older who are engaging in HIT are getting better and stronger cells than even those who are younger and engaging wow. in it. So it's something you got to take a look at. There's a, a ton of benefits and a lot of research and a lot of different ways to go yeah. about it. But HIT is not in, inherently in and of itself a dangerous thing to do. Hit, uh, myth number four. You ready? Yeah. This is my last one. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit on this just a little bit for everyone out there, but especially for the women. Okay. You might know what it is and where I'm going with this, but this is the myth. Strength training will make me bulky and immobile. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Uh, yeah, I've I, said it. Yeah. Like, I, I, think I can't that, do that. I think there's a, a perception out there right. where women might look at a picture of a bodybuilder, for example, mm-hmm. and say, I, that's not my goal. I don't want to do that. And so therefore I'm going to eliminate all resistance training from my life. Here's the thing. <laughs> no one ends up looking like that on accident. No. Nobody ends no. <laughs> up looking like that on accident. That takes years and hours of training. And so if you think that you're going to look like that and that maybe isn't your goal, don't worry. That's probably not going to happen. But here's the thing. Um, 
for some reason, women do worry about this, uh, but they, but they really shouldn't. Strength training is key for health and right. weight loss. Strength training is directed at the cultivation of strength, fitness, and health. And for the vast majority of women, even heavy lifting will only tone their muscles and their bodies. Experts say that women really do need to lift. And again, I'm kind of harping on the women. The right. same thing applies to men. Right. The, the difference is, though, is that women lose muscle, bone, and strength faster than men, especially as they age, and making weight training a critical part of a women's fitness program. Uh, That's what we need to do. Women can and should engage in strength training with the same exercises and programs that benefit men. And all the women out there lift weights. Just, just, Try it a Is little bit. Is that resistance bands too? Yeah, that's the same. Okay. That's the same thing. I'm, I'm okay. saying lift weights, but any yeah. kind of resistance training. Okay. And even Perfect. body weights, you know, yeah. uh, air squats or wall push-ups or push-ups on the floor or any of those <laughs> things that, you, that I know you love so desperately, yes. Lil. Any kind of resistance training is good for you. And you ought to really huh. do your best to try to incorporate that Perfect. into your routine. So Lil, yes. today I know, I'm we so have excited. two amazing guests that are joining us. Yes, Dave and Rosemary do. Chapman have been volunteering at the Huntsman World Senior Games for years, for which we are very grateful. Oh. Uh, most recently, they have been the sports directors for Square Dancing. And on top of that, they're just seriously two of the nicest people that you'll ever Agreed. meet. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> yes, Dave and welcome. Rosemary. We're glad that you could be here with us again today. <laughs> Thank you for having us this morning. <laughs> yeah, of course. I enjoyed your earlier... Comments. Well, thank you. Yes. Now you know Kyle's flaw. Yeah, well, one of many, one of many, many. That's but the I only one I have found. Definitely, I'm not flexible. So today we want to talk a little bit about square dancing. Thank you. Yes, that's what we're here about. That's, we've been doing that for quite a few years. You, you have been doing it for the games for a long time. And here's the thing. A lot of times when we talk to people about the the sports that we have at the Huntsman World Senior Games, um, you know, they recognize a lot of the traditional Olympic style sporting right. events, the track and field, the swimming, soccer, basketball, those kinds of things. But a lot of times when we bring up square dancing, we're met with a puzzled expression. <laughs> Do you guys ever experience any of that as well? Absolutely. <laughs> you get a little bit of that too. Yes. So what's your response? How do you respond to somebody that says, oh, square dancing, I never even thought of that. Square dancing is a team sport. There's eight of you and eight of you have to work together in order to eliminate the time uh, that we use to, if they have a breakdown, that we have to do that in a manner that, that they work together. And if they don't work together, we give them this little click on the stopwatch and that runs until they correct the problems they've done. So, wow. so that's, that's interesting. That is interesting. That's the competitive element. I think most of us are familiar to some degree with what square dancing looks yeah. like. Maybe we've seen it done, or maybe even we've done a, a fifth grade unit when we're learning, <laughs> you know, American history or whatever. I know that's when I did square dancing. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so so you're working as a team. You're in this what they call a square, and the callers are just giving you commands that you have to listen to. And this is something that I didn't realize, Lil, uh, until I got more involved with the games. But I kind of assumed that you had a memorized routine that everybody memorized and you were kind of being judged on how well you did that memorized routine. That's not the case at all, is it? No, it is not. You, you don't know what the caller is going to say. Oh. They're all at random and there could be up between 600 and 700 calls that they could call at any uh, moment. So it requires a lot of learning. So it's really a mental sport, sport also. Absolutely. So I had no idea. Yeah, so you're standing there with your with your team, your mm-hmm. your square, and you're listening to what the caller's saying. Now, now there are some things that 
lead more readily to another thing. So maybe you could kind of attempt to anticipate, but that might backfire on you as well, right? Yes, that could, because you might anticipate what it is, and the caller calls something different. And that's not the thing that you are anticipating. And it'll break them down every time. So you're going along, you're listening to the music, you're listening to the, the uh, caller, and i got to say this too, this, this, I've, I've gone out to watch this sport uh, several times, and I love it, because I, I like old school hip-hop, you know, like uh-huh. Vanilla Ice, Run DMC, <laughs> yes. you know, the MC Hammer, like uh-huh. that was my generation, right, when uh-huh. I was in high school. These callers are like the original, the OG rappers. <laughs> they don't realize that they're doing it. That's not what they consider themselves, but it's it's amazing. And they're just like going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and it's got a rhyme and it's got a rhythm. And the dancers are listening to this, and they're doing their best to follow all of these commands as they're going along. And if they get out of step or out of sync with one of those commands, if he says, you know, do a do si do, those are the only, I only know two. <laughs> So I know. Do a dosi do, and you don't do a dosi do. Then, then the judge clicks your stopwatch, and you're kind of in this bad place until you listen to the right call and get back into the correct position. Is that right? That's right. You you have watched us. I can tell. <laughs> I, I have. I have. And uh, and I've actually had the chance to do it uh, once or twice, and I was. I, along with the rest of the staff that I did it with, were really bad at it. But I'll tell you what, we gained an immense, immense appreciation for the difficulty of the sport and just how good that it can be for you. Well, and that's that's the interesting part. Um, talking about appreciation, the callers, it, it isn't just anybody can stand up there and do that. No, it, it's a gift. It's, it is it's a gift a and a gift. talent. Uh, they are watching what they are trying to say to their um, their pattern, to the music that they have brought up. And then they are also watching what is going on in with their dancers so they can see, all right, something isn't working. I have a group <laughs> that are totally broken down. But I don't want the rest of the floor to break down. Yeah. And so having an appreciation of their responsibility is just one element to this event. They talk about the dancers. It, these dancers that are coming didn't start last week. Right, yeah, yeah. They've definitely had they, some I'm out, I guess. Yeah. They have been putting in many years of classes. And when they get to us... They are very impressed with what we offer. Yeah, at the high school senior games. Yeah, and uh, so. so so you bring up a point that that I guess I I'm not sure that I've understood. When when the callers are calling, are they ad libbing? Are they making it up as they go along, or do they have kind of a a routine in their mind that they think they're going to use? Usually, they have an idea, uh, at least a foundation. Yes, yes, but they um, can change on the fly. They can, they can. <laughs> that just makes everything uh, and, more and interesting. They do. <laughs> and if, as David said. That if you are into the point of anticipating, they will deliberately <laughs> throw in something. I love okay. that. So I love that. You you have to you have to be listening. Uh, you're you're listening. You're using your mental, remembering your calls and yeah. how they were taught to you and how to perform it, and. Yes, it is an athletic sport. So there's there's the physical part of it because you're moving, like yeah. like you you're you're moving, and and a lot of people, I mean maybe maybe 
if you've never participated in it, you're not thinking along those lines, but it's a very, it's a physical activity. You can get out of breath. Um, how long is a dance roughly, usually? We generally dance to five-minute tips. Okay. That's what we call it. So you got about five minutes of constant motion. There's never a time when you're like, okay, I'm going to put my hands on my knees and I'm going to take a little break right here. You're constantly moving. It's all the way through that entire five minutes. And do you have any idea of roughly how many calls would you get in a five-minute tip? It, just even a, a rough estimate. I believe it'd be over 100 calls are available to them during that period of time. So 100 calls in five minutes. I mean, that's a a new call every few seconds that you're just coming along and you're doing. So you're physically engaged. You're mentally really focusing in. Um, And then, of course, you're trying to help your partners along because it is a a team sport. And so we're talking about this stopwatch where you get out of sync and the stopwatch goes. Once you get back into sync, then the the judge that's got the stopwatch will stop that watch. And so at the end of the five-minute tip, the team with the least amount of time on the stopwatch is the team that wins. Is that right? Oh, correct. Correct. So I'm just curious, is there ever a perfect tip? Is there ever a team that doesn't ever get the stopwatch touched? Uh, There has never been in the senior games one with zeros all the way across it. They've had to uh, take calls on, and the people doing the calling, our callers, actually will watch them and break them down on purpose so that nobody is perfect. It's a brutal, brutal sport. Oh, it sport. is a brutal sport. It's a brutal sport. So that's, that's incredible. So, so just on average, what are most, and I know it's going to vary across the, the board to some degree, but is it like, are, are they out of sync for 10 seconds, for 30 seconds, for one second? What, what would be an average? It generally goes one to two seconds and they're back in a position where they can dance. So you're out of sync for just, just a brief amount of time. Yes. So at the end of the five minutes... Is, is it a, is it just one time that they're out of sync, or are they doing it five or six times? Or yes, they, all of the above. <laughs> they do it. Uh, it's, some of them have been broken down maybe for less than a second and still won a medal with that. Where others could be down five or six seconds, seconds. up wow. to a minute. And oh, a minute! See, that would be that would be my square. <laughs> Little, you, you and I would be like, okay, so the tip is five minutes. We're gonna we're gonna go for sub four and a half minutes, right? If we're in sync yep. for thirty seconds, like the, at the beginning when they say, "Now bow to your partner," I think we could get that one. Down. I think we'd and be then fine after on that, that. After that, we'd probably be a little bit lost. We really need to go do that as a staff again. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while ago. Yeah. We need to we need to do it again. Of course, now it's a little bit a little difficult, difficult with social distancing. Yeah. That is definitely one of the uh, events that it's hard to say. Yeah, well, we'll just do it socially, right. distant from each other, uh, for sure. So, so we've talked about uh, the physicality and the and the mental part of it. Um, do you, do you guys know of any research that they've done that shows how square dancing is actually good for you in the long run? Oh, we have a uh, on our sports board. That we put together every year. Yeah, yeah. We have a little uh, piece that it says that square dancing mentally is the only sport that keeps you mentally active. They compare it to table tennis, to golf, to different activities. And square dancing is the only one that keeps you mentally active. Hmm. And there again, the social aspect of it. You've talked uh about seniors being socially active together, and that's one of the reasons behind the senior games. Well, this is what square dancing is just naturally. Inherently, mm-hmm. it's a social it activity. It is. And so 
giving them the thought of it being a competition, that was, uh, we needed to break that perception that it couldn't be a competition. And because they just think of it as a social activity, mm-hmm. activity to bringing people together and basic. And there, and there are so many benefits to that, right. that when you incorporate that uh, competition aspect of it, it just you know, raises the bar on everything from the physical to the, to the mental, uh, the, the social as well. Like I've, I've been out there and you can just see the, the true and genuine friendships that exist within that community. So adding a little competition has not you know, diminished <laughs> the, the love it that we have <laughs> for each other. And, and, many, and maybe in some ways it actually might have, have even uh, enhanced it. But you, know, you, you talk about the, the mental aspect and how important um, it is that we engage our, our, our muscle that is our mind. Um, you know, you want to talk about uh, offsetting effects of dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, you want to talk about that social aspect, which they've also found is so important to our overall well-being, mm-hmm. emotional strength, and our physical strength as well. It can fight off infections. Uh, we're, we're, we're more prone to be able to work through a cold or a flu or a virus that may be out there <laughs> if we're mentally engaged and we're socially engaged and we're physically engaged. There's so many great, great benefits that come with square dancing. I'm wondering, you guys have been doing it for a long time. How many years have you been the directors of square dancing for us? <laughs> Good <Like>, question. <laughs> it's been so long. 15, 20? I think it's been 23. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long time for sure. Out of the 20 plus years that you've been the director of square dancing, what's one of your favorite memories that has come from it? Oh, wow. So many. So many, many because every year presents its own just amazing memory. One year uh, on Sunday, there was a wife of an athlete that came in to the sports den and was looking around, she says, square dancing? I didn't know square dancing was here. I've been square dancing for years. Can I get in? Well, this is Sunday. (laughs) It's a little late. We're starting (laughs) tomorrow. tomorrow. (laughs) And I took her in, and we had her registered. Yeah. Because all she was going to be doing is filling her time while her husband was playing his sport. Yeah, doing another sport. And we... Got everything, got her all arranged. She says, I didn't even bring any clothes. Okay, I probably have something in my closet that (laughs) That might might work. work. And so she comes on Monday morning, and that's when we set up all of our uh, squares, per se, and found her a partner. Yeah. And the next day in the competition, her square ended up. That was Winning, the one that won. <laughs> oh, yeah, won a medal. Oh. And, I mean, that's just one of, oh, gosh. Count. <laughs> yes, I come in when we give our report. I can give you all kinds of stories. Oh, no, you, yeah. Mean, it, it is such a, a great event. And, and, again, one that kind of surprises people. But if they ever take, me. If they ever take an opportunity to go out and, and watch, you see right away yeah. – not only is it just this amazing experience, which it is, but it truly belongs in a competitive sports yeah. festival like the Huntsman World Senior Games. Yeah, I would have never guessed that. So that is my goal this year. I will be down to square dance to watch it oh, for sure. Yeah. Not participate yeah. because me and you know how that would go. Well, apparently they let you sign up the next <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find just partner. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't want that. 
Well, it is, it is it is truly an amazing sport, and Dave and Rosemarie have, have watched oh. it grow and helped it grow over the years, and for that, we're very grateful for it. Um, and, and again, you know, when the games are going on in October, if, if you happen to be in town or you're visiting because you're with a, a spouse, for example, and you're just looking for a great way to be impressed and to be entertained, square dancing is certainly uh, a place yes. where you can go and experience all of that. And uh, we, we look forward to continuing that great tradition at the Huntsman World Senior Games and yeah. uh, seeing it just uh, continue to go on and on. So again, thank you not only just for being here, Dave yes. and Rosemary, but thank you for all of your help over the past 20 20 plus years in uh, helping (laughs) us run the Huntsman World Senior Games. Well, thank you. Like I've said many times, this this organization is just above and beyond. And when we have when we have dancers that have questioned about coming because it's a competition, and then when they get here, they come back because of the whole experience that Mm -hmm. they have had during their their visit so we it's it's amazing yeah yeah we appreciate being a part of it thank you thank thank you you. so we'll uh, we'll be watching for you in october and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to have you back on the show again and share a few more stories about square dancing and what that is thanks for joining us today yes thank you thank you so lil yes i'm gonna let you in on just a little secret okay we're in the middle of a global pandemic. We are? Yeah. You probably hadn't noticed. You probably <laughs> didn't know that. But we decided months ago that we were going to gather as much information as we possibly could and then try to make the best decision on how to safely and responsibly proceed. We set our deadline for July 31st, which Ooh, is tomorrow, tomorrow, if you're listening live to the show, to make our final announcement. And we're going to do this with a live web stream, which will air at 12 o'clock noon, daylight uh, Mountain Daylight Time. We encourage you to hit up SeniorGames.net for the link and encourage you to tune in to hear the latest regarding COVID-19 and the Huntsman World Senior Games. Also remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show, we turn it into a podcast, and you can also subscribe to the podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. If you're listening by podcast, take just a moment, give us a rating or write a quick review. One of the best and easiest places to leave a review is at podchaser.com slash the active life. You can also find this as well as previous shows right on our website. And once again, that is seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought comes from American author and fellow podcaster, Stephen Dubner, who ends each of his Freakonomics podcasts with this advice. Take care of yourself. And if you can, someone else. Oh, I like that. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.